0: I can think of some of my own church experiences where it was like yeah. 99% organized. I've also known believers, beautiful believers who it's a hundred percent organic. There's nothing they ever do twice in a row.
1: What are you learning about the importance of both? I would use the example of our church, The Table of Philadelphia right now. If we just go by organized structures, here's all you, all the commitment is to following Jesus. It's six events a month because we have Sunday gatherings. And there's usually four like meals in a weekly meal in a house. But if that's what the church is, we've missed following Jesus. I'm saying that's necessary, but not sufficient. And also that my own bend is that's not super fun, man. I mean, those are great things, but there's so much more that's happening in your neighborhood or in your workplace or on your front porch that with people, if you're opened up to that, so we intentionally reduce the number of organized gatherings to make room for organic opportunities. We just have to train people to pay attention to those and engage them intentionally. Welcome to the Everyday Disciple Podcast, where you'll learn how to live with greater intentionality and an integrated faith that naturally fits into every area of life. In other words, discipleship as a lifestyle. This is the stuff your parents, pastors, and seminary professors probably forgot
0: to tell you. And now, here's your host, Cesar Kalinowski. All right, hope you're having a good week or a good day or whatever's happening in your world so far. I'm pretty excited. I'm heading out here right after recording this episode, to have some dinner with some close friends from our oikos, some different people of peace and family and all that, and we're going to be going out to a really cool restaurant, but then, more exciting even, we're going to be seeing the comedian Brian Regan tonight. If you've never heard Brian Regan, he's a really funny guy. All in all, pretty darn clean. Nothing vulgar. He just doesn't get into it. Super funny. We've seen him before. He's coming right here to Tacoma, making it easy, so few minutes away, we don't have to have any big hassles, parking or any of that. So I'm pretty excited, get to hear some new Brian Regan. Hey, do you remember a couple of episodes back, I mentioned that we were cooking up some new ways to help you make disciples in everyday life and live on mission as a family and church? Yeah, well, exciting news, it's official. I'm launching a new group coaching experience where I will be personally helping you establish the foundations and framework for discipleship as a lifestyle, both for your family but also and help you get on the same page with your spouse and family spiritually and missionally more than ever. It's also going to help you grow in your ability to speak and experience the gospel in normal life conversations and certainly help you experience more spiritual freedom and relational peace. Now, my goal is to help 20 people with this in the months ahead. That's it. Yeah, because it's going to be a Big deep dive and a lot of access to us. So if you'd like help in these areas or just want to talk a little bit more about it, let me know. Just send me an email. You can. It's easy. It's caesar at everydaydisciple.com. Yeah, just make sure you spell Caesar right, C-A-E-S-A-R, kind of like the pizza or the salad, caesar at everydaydisciple.com, and just say, hey, tell me more about this new coaching, okay? And I will. And by the way, the 20 awesome people that do join me before the end of this month, when this kicks off, we'll be getting some incredible bonus experiences, time with us and all that, and the best deal I'll ever be offering for this coaching. So I'm pretty excited about it. I It's too much to talk about here, but if you are just even interested in, in this new, super flexible, high-touch way, I want to help you do that, okay? Just 20 of you. So let me know. All righty. Now, today, I'm going to bring on a guest, a really good friend of mine. His name's Gino Kirkarudo. We met a while back. We're going to tell you that whole story and talk about all that. So I don't even have to set this up much more to say you're in for a treat, and I really think you're going to love this. Listen to this talk that we had, and then I'll come back at the end and give you a few more thoughts and wrap things up. Hey, Gino, it's so good to both see you, I'm looking at you, though everybody else can't see you, but it's also really good to talk to you and have you back on the Everyday Disciple Podcast. How you been, man?
1: I'm doing well, Caesar. It's really good to see you, hear you, and be with you, for sure. Yeah, it's great to be back. You're still
0: Thank in you. Philadelphia,
1: right? Yes, sir. Yeah, I love it here.
0: And I imagine you're like living way out in the cushy suburbs, and you just sort of drive in, and you drop off like an hour of ministry a week and drive back out, but you
1: call it Philly Church Plant, right? You know me better than that. It is not that at all. But thanks for setting me up for that. Now we live in the thick of it in uh, in the a, a challenging neighborhood, and uh, where, where God is present and at work, and we're following Him in the
0: everyday. I don't want to be like my mom used to be. Like if I was in Africa on mission, and she heard anything happened in Africa, she was certain it happened there. I'm like, it's a whole continent, mom. It's a really big yes. place. Just like our European friends would say what's going on with all this on the news? Like, well, that was in Florida. We live in Seattle. It's like really the opposite side of the country, you know? Yeah. So when yes. I see stuff on Philly on the news, unfortunately quite often and not always so awesome. Uh, yeah. And I know you live kind of in the middle of it, bro. I, I'm always yeah. like, Oh, though I don't want to hit him up for every single thing I read, but I pray for well, you a lot, man. Yeah. Pray- I appreciate
1: that. <laughs> I will tell you that, you know, growing up in California and my family, most of my family and my wife's family being out there, um, whenever it would snow on the east coast my mom would call like are you guys okay so we yeah. start referring to snow as white death because anytime we <laughs> get two inches in california they're like surely my grandkids are are troubled right now so hey that's appreciate the is concern is
0: that's even still how it in Seattle. It's like even just the threat of it and all the schools are shut down. Yes. And everybody stays home. Apparently the internet doesn't work. <laughs> That's crazy. <laughs> I don't know. Hey, so just so uh, the folks listening, tuning in, know a little bit, let's just uh, kind of remind each other how long yeah. we've known each other and how we actually met. I, and, I don't remember um, the first time I met you. I can't remember. I know like the era.
1: <laughs> yeah. But I don't know when or where. Do you recall? I, I think that. I probably first met you at a training in Tacoma. Okay. I think that I came out and that would have been like, goodness, it's been about 15 plus years, I would say. That'd be it, my guess. At right? least. At yeah. Least. It was probably a SOMA
0: yeah. school or something like that maybe. Yeah, I think something. so. Yeah. Yeah. And I remember we we hit it off pretty quick and I got yes. some chiropractic lessons from you, which that's yes, freaking Yes, that's
1: right. You freaking are amazing out pupil
0: for sure <laughs> i'm still using the skills brother um my <laughs> daughter justine says uh every time i'm like adjusting her i she says like man i've never ever had an adjustment especially my neck like gino did sitting up in a chair even like like when's he coming yes. when's he coming to visit
1: so, <laughs> oh, that's great so that's if we great. get you
0: out here in the next few months like we're talking then uh yeah my least justine's gonna need a good good old i'm
1: in i'm in for it i adjustment I, it. I still there. do it all the time yeah, yeah. that's great yeah it yeah, has so been a we- long time and your kids were little then man <laughs> and they, they were, yeah. They're out there like out in college, and our youngest is 14. So, yeah, it's been a, it's been I I don't even know if Nate was born when you, when we met. I, I believe that he wasn't since he's only wow. 14. Yeah.
0: You know what's cool about this, too, is because the whole time I've known you, you've been a church planter, you've been a disciple maker. And I, and mm-hmm. some people, as soon as we say the word church planting, they're like, tune out. And it's like, mm. The way we have always seen church planning is it's disciples making disciples, and some people organize more people around that effort in their city or neighborhood, and some just do it as an oikos, right, and like their extended family. It's all really the same, but some people's gifting or ambition or calling might say, hey, we're going to multiply these out citywide and start to train other leaders. But So I don't want anybody to get freaked out by church planning, but you've always been, that's been your jam, that's been your focus, just like ours, and I've loved watching you do it as you've raised the kids through all of those iterations of ages and stages and a million part time jobs both you and Jill and yes (laughs) all that stuff no one can claim that like well it must be
1: easy for you guys to make disciples because you got all day off (laughs) yeah you know you know though as I I know I'm not on this podcast just to to talk about like you know the things that I've learned from you I don't but I do want to say that you and and our buddy seth McBee, like my first experiences with you guys you guys were living out something that i was longing for and didn't know how to articulate and i do remember you and tina taking me into your home because there was extra time before i had to fly home and and i thought like i gotta go back to the hotel and process all these things i'm thinking about and learning and you're like no we're just gonna have a meal you come over we went we tried to go to a movie we couldn't get tickets cause it was sold out. So we just watched a movie at your house. I mean, that was my first experience with you. And after that, I thought there's actually people that just live this way. It's not just theoretical. And it it changed my life because I went back and said, I'm just gonna, I'm sold out for that cause I've seen it happen and I'm just gonna do it. And I think I'm just kind of naive enough to think that I had the ability to just be normal.
0: Yeah, well, you, you, you certainly are. And I've hung out there in your part of the world a little bit and you are normal, but you're also one of these guys. A little bit like here for us where it doesn't matter where you go, people are like, hey, Gino, what's yes. happening? Like, <laughs> but that true. just shows you you're living the life. And your kids are yeah. engaged, come over, they're all at the table, they're making fun of everything, uh, yep. talking about music, laughing, doing their homework, crying, fighting, all this stuff. It's normal. They engage. Yeah. It's not like, where's the kids? Oh, they they hide when we have people over. It's like, oh, living yeah. in a community, huh?
1: <laughs> yeah. Anyway, so it's yeah. really
0: normal, man. It's super mm-hmm. normal. I love it. Mm-hmm. Now... Um, As we kind of get rolling here today, what are some of the, in your life, I know you weren't like born into the church, like I kind of was born going to church forever, though there was no discipleship, and I've talked about that plenty on the show, but what are some of the different types of experiences of church that you've had over the years, Uh, you know, as far as going to church, which, you know, we know you can't, but what are some of the different types of experiences you had, uh, both just
1: yourself, but then maybe even as a church planner, and then maybe we'll talk a little bit about what you're doing today. Yeah, let's do that. So, you know, the first thing that occurs to me is that my first encounter with Jesus was relationally through people that just cared for me, walked with me, even from a distance, but just shared life with me. And then when I come to faith, you know, whatever that is that we quantify and qualify, it was like, now you're expected to find a church. And it took me literally two years because I wanted nothing to do with the church because I didn't know the culture. I didn't, wasn't going to fit in. I just wanted to hang out with my friends and follow Jesus. And that was not an option where I live. That was not the culture. So I experienced kind of like the Sunday only thing where you just like sit in rows and you take in. And so then I became very particular about Bible study and it had to be like, go verse by verse through the teaching. And that was my experience. And I thought this Christianity thing that started relationally is really just about what I know in my head. And so that was a lot of my experience in the church was, um, if you acquire knowledge, which is a good thing, but that's, that's the thing. So it was like this competition to acquire the most knowledge, then you would be the most faithful follower and a leader. And so I could do that in my room at night. I could just read a book and there was something missing. There was like relationship around, but everything in those first few iterations for us at least in my recollection, was so head heavy. I was stressed, but I'm also like I do good in academically, yeah. so it was easy in that sense. I was like this Jesus thing's no no problem. I'm just learning read books. lots.
0: How did you do it? Sword drills, bro? Or were you too old for that when you came to faith?
1: Yeah, I w- dude, I was too old for that. I didn't <laughs> know, and I was like, wait, isn't the way of Jesus peaceful? Why are we always pulling out swords here? When yeah, we're talking-? No, I was very you, confused. I, I have to
0: just clarify because some of our listeners might not know what a sword drill is the word of god yeah. is like a sword so it's the word and we would have people you know the the teacher say i'm in first grade third grade whatever stand up front and go all right first chronicles 218 and yes. he, if you could recite it gold and then if not who could get to it first cuz you knew where it was right. in the bible you didn't have to go to the index first they called them sword drills and you got points and you got sticky stars on your chart and talk about do to be ouch
1: <laughs> yeah man i was so so not inculturated into the church you know as a as a young kid into my twenties, even before I came to faith that I remember the first time someone's talked about a couple being unequally yoked. Mm-hmm. And I said, what do eggs have to do with this conversation? I literally said yeah. that. And everyone like looked at me like, dude, you just don't know any of the lingo. So well, and that,
0: that is a rough ride. That speaks back backwards to why it is important to learn the word and teach the word, but what's yes. the, what's the motive behind it and why, and are we going to live out the word or are we just going
1: to sword drill each other for points? And yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so I mean, from there, other experiences were uh, formed and shaped a lot by the proclamation of the word from a pulpit on Sunday, mm-hmm. and then, hey, you know, we want relationships, so let's get together in someone's house and do more Bible study on the weekdays, which isn't a bad thing. But what I what I was being trained into and learning was, in order to lead, the most important thing was that you could answer questions about the scriptures. Yeah, and I wondered when I saw the life of the disciples I kept saying like they look like they're moving around and doing things out of who they believe they are not just acquiring more knowledge and answers. Yeah, they're not the turning it they're on not, and off. They're still out yeah. doing their fishing or they're sowing and
0: reaping or whatever they had to do to feed their kids and keep a roof over their head but uh, yeah,
1: they they were it was a lifestyle, right? Yeah. And and I'm at that point I'm I'm a business owner, I run a uh, I was running my first chiropractic, actually my second chiropractic practice at the time, most of my life was not spent with Christians. Mm -hmm. It was out in the world, if you will. And saying like, what is all of this knowledge acquisition? How does it help me when I'm caring for someone in my practice? Like if I, if if this doesn't have real life implications Mm -hmm. for me, I just don't know what to do with it. And it kind of brought me to a crisis where I was like, I really love Jesus. kind of confused by the church and i just want this to be integrated Yeah, and then you heard the story of god (laughs) yes
0: and the whole thing got grounded in normalcy and some food and maybe even a beer you know
1: like what the heck you know (laughs) right right i mean it was it was like probably four years later when what we started talking about my meeting you and and kind of i remember being I don't even know what the word is. It's just like, it hit me like a ton of bricks in the sense of all you have to do is live in light of your identity and show people what God is like. Like that's, there's obviously like more background that's required of that. But I I was just, I think that I, I was like rain, man, just repeating (laughs) it over and over again like, show them what God's like, show them what, like, I've been longing for this, but I didn't know what that looked like in a church expression.
0: Now let's jump ahead a little bit. So you've been out in Philly quote, unquote, planting churches, communities really for a a while now. And there've been some various iterations. Mm -hmm. The name of your community is called the table, right?
1: Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Table Philadelphia.
0: And uh, there's been a few different iterations of that. And of course, when the the whole world changed and shut down for a while, that changed the rhythms as well. But I know that I think you had some of your biggest times of growth and effectiveness during that because of the way you lived in community. It's like, well, programmatic shutdowns don't affect us that greatly because we're living this. What What are you currently up to? Real quick, just, and I'm proud as heck of you, brother, but- Uh, give us a little idea of what are like, what's the community look like now and what's your family's engagement and
1: all that. Yeah. We, I mean, we say that we're a church of communities, so there, there's one big church universally, but the table Philadelphia is one expression of the church made up of localized families on mission table communities, we Mm -hmm. call them. So we have a number of those and we're looking to actually multiply again. Um, looks like this year as we train up more leaders, God is blessing the heck out of this. Mm -hmm. Um, so we have communities that gather in homes and live life throughout the week in different parts of the city. And then a couple of times a month, we get all those communities reuniting. Re- we call it reunion. Yeah. They come together to uh, celebrate what God's doing and share stories. Oh. And then throughout the rest of the time, they're finding local expressions of how are they engaging their neighbor neighbors and what are the needs that they can and be involved with. We're super decentralized, which is messy. Yeah. But we also know that we're part of something bigger than just what's happening in our community that's kind of our structure well you guys are definitely the living example of low control but higher accountability
0: like you're all on the same mission how are we doing but when it's all spread out like that there's not a lot of control that really can per se happen but i know that's not your heart either the spirit of god's real (laughs) and and act and living word is active and and all that are are you uh still using the term brunch church in connection to any of this
1: with the pandemic, we had to, we were doing brunch church. That was kind of like our public gathering, if you will, but it's, it brunch was designed to be, our brunch church was designed to be in smaller environments, right? We would have one community or maybe two that would have relationships with people in their, their network of relationships that would come twice a month into a space. We'd share a meal and we'd share some, some stories of God and have conversations about it. It was really, really an inviting space for people. Um, when we couldn't gather because of, uh, COVID restrictions, we stopped that. And, um, we got into this habit of coming back into like, where are we going to create brunch church? Because a lot of people hadn't experienced, it had been two years, you know, wow. that we they hadn't experienced that. We had leaders that hadn't really been a part of that. And so we, we just made this shift um, towards the fall last year of saying, we're going to have one large gathering that's brunch and one that's our reunion celebration. Those are our only all church gatherings each month. And we, uh, we are empowering our table communities to engage in their neighborhoods and reproduce localized brunch, church, dinner church in the future. So we're kind of reimagining people to what the church could be like. Which is an ongoing thing.
0: As a family, yes. think about, I, we always tell people, yes. like, ask yourself, what would a healthy family that has God as their daddy, Jesus as brother, what would they do? Yeah. And I'm just guessing that the rhythms of Team Kirkarudo are not the same as when you and Jill first got married and had one baby and couldn't sleep at night and all. I'm guessing the rhythms of your household are just different now, 18 plus years later. You know, Yes. Like family, yeah, they really course, are. right? A family adjusts. The family includes more people and people are trans, and come and go and- and there's all different levels of maturity. And like, if everybody could hear that, that that is such a picture of what life in a community that's growing and ongoing and morphing and changing and people are coming and going in and out of it, just like all your kids aren't sleeping under the same roof now, ah, crazy. Right, Right. yeah,
1: there's change. I mean, there's there's so much that could be said about that. I think like just in our family, some of the really like obvious changes, like you said, we have, our oldest doesn't live with us anymore she's away at college Um, she was sent out as a missionary though she uh she has established community in her dorm rooms and with the people there and is still connected to us because she's not that far from the city but just the the idea of people witnessing when one of our own goes out to another place they're being sent as a missionary to build community because she's grown up in a family and a larger extended family that's normal and so she's a gatherer there and that's a beautiful thing as a dad it's an amazing yeah, it thing sure is. but just as a as a church planter you're like man love to see multiplication from the family yeah. so.
0: now from your experience in all of this and all the different iterations is there anything you found that is perhaps maybe extra harder for pre-churched people in other words people who've maybe been around church a little longer harder for them to grasp grasp about this lifestyle of discipleship and mission, and yet. It's something that's pretty crucial, you know?
1: Yeah, yeah. I think that there's multiple ways of saying this, and I, I'm i still kind of convinced that the language that I've learned from you is really helpful in this scenario, and that it's like this idea of organized and organic um, life together mm-hmm. in a sense like there needs to be like a framework and then something else that just spontaneously happens, or there's the skeleton in the flesh in the sense of like, how a structure is formed, that many people come with ideas about what the church might look like or should look like, mm-hmm. and they're not fully um, aware that their own life has this organized and organic structure. They just might not be intentional about it. So that the challenge is twofold. One, that people don't necessarily see that need, and the church isn't always explicit about naming it, and it's super helpful if we can use that language yeah. to say, we have organized structures, we have set meeting times for things, and then we also create margin for our life to engage with God as as we see in the organic things. Why
0: do you think it's important, Gino, that there's both? Because I'm thinking, as you're saying this, and I know we've talked about this and helped train this together with many, yeah. uh, I, yeah. I can think of some of my own church experiences where it was like yeah. 99% organized. Yeah. But I've also known, yeah. I've also known believers, beautiful believers who it's a hundred percent organic. There's nothing they ever do twice in a row. There's no anything. Yeah.
1: And like, why do you, what, what are you learning about the importance of both? That's such a good question. I think, um, I would use the example of our, of our church, The Table of Philadelphia right now. If we just go by organized structures, here's all you, all the commitment is to following Jesus. It's four events a month, I mean, sorry, six events a month, because we have two Sunday gatherings and there's usually four like meals in uh, a weekly meal in a house. But if that's what the church is, we've missed following Jesus. I'm saying that's necessary, but not sufficient. And also that my own bend is that's not super fun, man. I mean, those are great things, but there's so much more that's happening in your neighborhood or in your workplace or on your front porch that with people if you're opened up to that so we intentionally reduce the number of organized gatherings to make room for organic opportunities we just have to train people to pay attention to those and engage them intentionally to be present and to do and, that and not Does that yeah make sense? and not
0: just the organics i guess between uh, me and my neighbors but also organics between the church family the fact that i don't sure. I just i only see you Uh, these six times and I don't make them all, but I guess that's what I'm supposed to do. I'm checking the box best I can. And it's based on my own motivation, fear, love of self, whatever's going on, you know, but, but instead seeing these as times of reunion, I love that that you call it that, that this is like a family reunion. We're getting together, we're having a family dinner night and there's all kinds of, because of that, there's all these organic interactions that happen throughout our week and month and they're not forced and they're not, Expected to have everybody at them, or they're a failure. You know, like I see people do that. Yeah. Like, oh yeah, we're starting to do this thing at the park, and it's like, how many people come to that? Well, that's the thing. You know, only about a third of our people <laughs> ever come out and you know play volleyball and grill out at the park. I'm like, well, that's awesome. <laughs> Maybe they're you know that's awesome. right. Maybe they're busy. I, yes. I our family team K is very close. We do lots of stuff together. Guess what? Not everything. I'm taking my oldest grandson out just for him and I only tomorrow all day. Mm -hmm. Well, what about everybody else? Mm. Well, I'll see them
1: Sunday. (laughs) You know, I'll see them at a different time. So I think, so I think it's important. I'm sorry. I was just going to say, like, I think my short answer is it's important to have that language. So people know what you're aiming for so that they experience more of this life together and in, in the kingdom. So if it's, if it's only we say church is only the organized things we're missing it's the a program then. and if we do it's a program and if we say it's only the organic i think it's not reproducible right probably not you're leaning on either. people's talent. yeah you and you're leaning on someone's talent so what i, I and so what people will see that i'm i engage with people organically pretty much like you said everywhere i go it seems like i get to know people they get to know me And if you follow me around and think that that's what it takes to be a disciple, like you have to be like me, you're missing the point. Like there's environments where you have those relationships, but that comes from also, I have a team that's with me. I know people because my team of team C, you know, and our whole community helps me to learn other people. And we, we spend time together in organized fashions praying and discerning. It's interesting to
0: me as I've watched over the years because I have also found this concept this language however it's framed so helpful and free it's sort of freeing such as free. Yes. But I've noticed that it takes very few organized activities as the as a family to lead to yes. healthy organic rhythms that naturally occur. And yeah. those organics then because you're doing life on life together oftentimes lead back to sort of like micro organized things. For instance, for instance, you're hanging out locally, maybe having a cigar at the local cigar shop, as I know you are prone to do and I've done with you and it's not that organized. It's not the exact same time of the thing or whatever, but you get to meet some guys and next thing you know, it's like, Hey, this seems to work on Wednesdays. Can you guys, let's start trying to do that Wednesday. And all of a sudden it's a little more organized. And or some of these people start asking all kinds of questions about faith. And you go, well, why don't we why don't we start getting together and uh, studying this together or whatever? Now, the whole church has to do it. No, they don't. Just these guys are right. That's what God's brought. This little, you know, well, my wife really has been asking me a whole ton about this why don't you start coming to our family dinner night then? You know, so it's like the yes. organized leads to organics and the organics can lead to these, I call them like micro-organized. And it's yes. it's really cool, I think, and very natural. Yeah. And and I think people get it once they have it explained and they experience it a little bit. They go, that's kind of how my normal life is. I'm like, yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah, exactly. Isn't that amazing? Being normal. Yeah. That's cool.
0: Now, what are some examples currently uh, today for the organized side of your life? I guess you just said it's really, it's the, Two Sunday reunions and then you have a weekly family dinner night as a community. Any other organized things that are going on, either for some or for
1: most of the community? Yeah, we have someone that's pretty new to faith. I would say she just came to faith recently. And one of the things that we discerned as a community was she really wanted to know more of um how to read the scriptures, which, you know, isn't isn't like I'm not starting a Bible study and inviting my neighbors into it, unless that's what my neighbors are interested in. Right? So this is one season where we started working through the gospel of Mark together. Um, and we have an organized uh, event that not everyone in our community participates in, but we're finding it to be really, really a blessing to us. Um, I have organized rhythms of things that I do in my neighborhood. There's, there's certain places that I go on certain times, And I invite other people. I get together with a couple of guys in our community on oh, every week in a coffee shop. I'm have a. I'm part of a running group with people that are experiencing homelessness. Um, they live in like transitional housing in my neighborhood and I run with them every Friday morning at 5 30, <laughs> which is kind of crazy, but it's really cold right now here in Philadelphia. We still do it. So those things help me develop new relationships that they start this, this organic opportunities where we yeah. say like, Hey, you guys like to eat. How about you come over for a meal sometime? Great. Let's do that. uh, (laughs) They're not saying no to that. You know, most of the time. So as a every, every one, one of the things that I'd really want to communicate is that we've, we've equipped and trained all of our leadership teams of these different communities to find what are their organized and organic opportunities. And, and, and so we, we say, here's the map, the playbook, if you will gather around a meal every week, and pray and listen to each other and to God, and then find what are the opportunities that you need to build out relationally. So one community has relationships with people that have nothing to do with Jesus, but really like those nerdy board games, (laughs) and they like nerdy board games. So they've started now and organized two times a month Nerdy board game night, and that's that came out of their organic relationships, just like yeah. you said, like these micro organized things. Yeah. yeah, we we also have organized
0: things, Gino. Just as I'm thinking through what you're saying, that yeah. aren't like weekly or monthly, because I think right away, right, our default, especially because you know church is every Sunday, it's like this is how you do it every <laughs> Wednesday night and whatever. But we have organized things that are maybe. Once a year or twice a year, for instance, going through the story of God with LaPice and people that are coming into maturity. So now they're helping to teach through the story. And we try to we love doing that if we can a couple times a year because there's just a lot of new people at peace floating around. And so that's kind of organized. But there again, it comes it very much comes out of our organic relationships of open table, dinner, family dinner nights Uh, we do driveway happy hour. We do happy hours, you know, at the house, all these things that then all of a sudden these people have been asking so many questions like, why don't we do this story? You know, like, oh, that's such a crazy thing. I've never heard of it that way. You know, I grew up going to church, but it was always like this and sword drills and I didn't know what I was doing. And to be honest with you, I couldn't explain it to my kids or anybody. So I just don't, I don't even try. (laughs) Let's give it a shot. And after one round of story, story one, they're always like, dunk, I'm in Ah, hooked. You know, like, so, so there are, I want, you know, I want to help people think too organized and organic is uh is flexible. It's real flexible. And it changes maybe seasonally and seasons of life and as the community shifts and morphs and grows and all that stuff.
1: Yeah, we that's a that's a really good point. It's that it doesn't it's not always weekly. It could be annually. It could be seasonally. We we have um, fire pits. We have a backyard in, in Hard our, to our believe. House your last facility, one was about uh, rare.
0: one square meter, but yeah. in a really long strip. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah. I tried to do a fire pit there and almost set the power lines on fire. That was not a good idea, and I'm pretty sure it was illegal, so you should edit <laughs> that out. But um, our new place, we have a small patch of grass, and we have neighbors and friends over there. It's a little cold here for that right now, so we're not doing that. But that was something we were doing once a month and just developing relationships. Um, as the church, one other thing that we have that's an organized activity that I participate in is every other month, we get all of our community leaders and teams, and it's open to everyone, and we do a workshop, a training with a dialogue and conversation. What are you seeing? What are the challenges? What are your ideas? Where are you seeing God at work? And that just uh, kind of funds the imagination collectively for how to how to participate yeah. in and this I'm, work. You
0: know, I'm big on equipping, so once there's a need, I like really getting into an yes. organized rhythm of equipping. So, like, here's a calendar way out, so you can kind of plan around it. Yes. You're leaning in. You're wanting to lead your family, your Oikos, your neighborhood on mission, make disciples. We're going to equip you s- with some intention. And here's what it'll look. Like. Yeah, we're not doing yes. it on Christmas week, and we're not going to probably yeah. do it in July. You know, every reason. But <laughs> there'll be some organization around that. Now, when the Oikos is small and just getting started, that's probably not necessary because you're you're all just learning and walking and growing. Exactly. But as you start having people and couples that are ready to time to be getting ready to send them out. Or they've already said, I have to, I got too many neighbors in flow, but I don't know this yeah. and I don't, uh, my yeah. fluency scene, the gospel's not that great yet and all that. So we're, we're big on that being yes. an organized uh, a rhythm as well. But then as I say that <laughs> I think about all the times of leadership development, quote unquote, which is really just discipleship further up the slope uh, of how many times yes. really right. meaningful things, have occurred in leadership development were 100% organic. They just they just yeah. were. Yep. You know, I had a, yep. you know, I had yep. to get my deck stripped and then repainted. And a bunch of guys wanted to hang out. Hey, what are you doing Saturday? Could you help me out? And sure. And I make sure we got you know food and beverages. And they come over. And it ends up being some of the best training we've ever done. And the deck looks amazing. <laughs> you know, and it got done in
1: like four yes. hours instead of taking me four so, Saturdays. Like, oh, this is good news. <laughs> Right. Yeah. I think, uh, I think about trying to create spaces that are intentional for training, but also knowing that there's going to be opportunities for that equipping in everyday life. If you get to be with yeah. people because
0: sure. of who we are and how we live so our let life. Let me just ask you here. Uh, what do you more naturally lean toward organized or
1: organic? And I, I think I'm about organic all day long, you know, because my upbringing, where I'm from, who I'm from. I just, I don't like a schedule. I need a schedule cause I'm disorganized, but I, I like to just be present with people yeah. and kind of that idea to me sounds amazing. And then here's the, the thing that I run into is I think I kind of said it earlier. Um, I yeah. don't know how to reproduce that. Like if I just say, Come, follow me. sometimes people are like, but I don't like the things you like, you know I don't want to have a cigar I don't know is this uh-huh. not possible like and they need or tell me the basic structure so I can know that I'm doing this. so I've found challenges with my personal preference yeah. towards and them. that's why we need both so we really need helps. both. I think it's
0: just a matter of awareness it's, yes. it's some people if you have one preference or the other, you think, oh. Well, that person's just not organized enough, or this person's real. real they're way too rigid. Why yeah. don't they just loosen yeah. up? A we really do need both, and we need to honor both. And I think we we get to grow yeah. in both. If you're a person who looks at your life spiritually, yes, or as a leader, say you're leading a church or maybe a small group leader, or you lead all of discipleship in your church, whatever, and you really look at like, okay, what's the output? You know, right? For my efforts, it's all organized. Yeah. Then you you might want to say, okay, yeah, a how do I grow in the organic? Is you know, am I protecting my my quote unquote schedule yeah. and time preferences too hard? Um, and is there who in the community seems to be all about organics and they're they're just like a party waiting to happen? And how do we par- better partner and give them permission to organize us? Yes. you know, into organics. Like I remember one time we yeah. uh, when we were living in New York, yeah. our community was doing great and we wanted to see greater organic interaction. So we used a slight organized tool and we just got on like a WhatsApp type of tool, you know, a little group texting sort of tool. And here's what we covenanted. We just agreed. We said on anything you're doing, that's like not work or, you know, the marriage bed or whatever, you know, like anything you're just going out to do just hit the group (laughs) up and say, Hey, I'm thinking about going over to this deli tonight. And then there's going to be a show in the park or a friend of mine from work has got two pieces in a local art, exhibit and I just want to go and see him or my my one single yeah. mom's kids are going to be in this softball thing but they don't have any friends really or parents around or family around anybody want to come and scream their head off with me you know and so we just started putting everything in the app and anybody who could yeah. make it would but not everybody made anything and there was no expectation that you were supposed right. to and but it what it did was it kind of raised that water right. level so that little bit of a commitment and that organization to say I love you enough to let you know I'm going to a movie tonight. Anybody want to go see the new mission impossible or whatever, you know, like, you know, and I love you enough to do that. But if no one right. makes it, I'm, I don't right. have a chip. I'm not getting upset. I'm like not, you know, and it raised that water level. And pretty soon people were saying things like this is yeah. really like my family and my friends are wanting in. <laughs> so can we organize a special night like an open table where we're not praying for each other or doing equipping or training just so we can be? with them, you're like, heck yeah, we can get to, you do it, go yeah. for it. You want to do it your place? Yeah. You know, like, and, and on it went. So you, you can see this push and pull right. between the two and where well, both are needed. But I think the awareness of what's your preference and then pray and ask God to help you grow in and uh, yeah. find others who are strong in the other, <laughs> you
1: know? Yeah. Can, yeah. I want to run something by you and get your input on this. Cause I think I have noticed that one reason it's really helpful to have a planned out organized activity beyond what we've already talked about is introducing new people into community life. It is not an unfair question for someone to say, what do you expect of me to participate in this, particularly if, if they're not as accustomed to this kind of lifestyle, right? And I want to say, well, Jesus says, you know, he wants your entire life, but I, but that's not like, you know, I I don't, it's not, that's not the the best way to meet people where they are a lot of times. So. If you just say we're going to do life together or share life, like pretty nebulous too. to just weird or whatever, or like I'm too, yeah, I'm too busy. I can't commit to that. So, but if you say like, Hey, we gather on Thursday nights for a meal. And then out of that, we find ways that we can connect with each other. And we use this group texting app to let people know when we're yeah. driving to the grocery store, if you need something like things spontaneously happen. People are like, I can commit to that. And I think that once I find people committing to that, the spirit of God moves them into the deeper life together. Almost always. It's just like, yeah, I want community and I want to share these commitments and I want more of this, but it's a hard sell if you don't have a plan. Yeah,
0: it really is because the, the darkness of all, what do you, what do you mean by this whole life together? That's why everybody says, oh, I'm just too busy. It's like, no, you're not really, you're doing everything we're talking about. Um, and long ago, someone gave me this phrase. They said that ignorance breeds fear, not ignorance, Mm. like stupidity, but like ignorance meaning I don't understand. Right. Breeds fear. And they really don't even have the language to try to dig out. In fact, I don't know if I have the language to try to dig out all of the organics of nuance and life on life and driven by the spirit that happens. But like you said, if you go like, well, we try to have weekly family dinner with each other and we come together sometimes uh, in a rhythm to celebrate and hang out study the word of god and then everything else sort of is like we're trying to be like a family and increasingly that like you said and maybe we use this to let each other know what's up and people are like thank you yeah. that no no ignorance so i don't that, i don't fear that yeah and i think that's yep. boy Gino you've nailed something there because i think a big part of why people fear discipleship as a lifestyle and a mission versus 12 week course or 9 week course or whatever yeah. is because of yeah. that when you say, yeah. well, how do you guys make disciples? Well, we, we think we do it like Jesus did, and it's in all of life, and it's like lifestyle and through relationship. That is so blurry that yes. those handles of a few organized things help them understand, because I think they all desire the organics, but they right. don't know what they're
1: signing up for, <laughs> you know? Yeah. I have a friend who was interested in this, you know, faithful follower of Jesus, didn't have a an, a framework for this. And he asked me straight up, because he was like a busy person. He's like, what is it going to require of me? And I said, well, you know, your whole life, because we're friends like that. And I kind of joked and I said, I'm asking you to meet, I think it was Wednesday nights for meals. Once a month, we're going to throw a party and you can come with the neighbors because I'm starting to get to know some of our neighbors. And he's like, okay, I think I, I can't commit to anything more than that. It wasn't three months into this, I told him, you know, there's going to be a time when we're going to probably want to discern, like, how are we responding to things? What are the next, what are those micro uh, organized activities that develop? And it was our first party. The next day he called me up and he said, I need to meet with you Monday and we need to debrief on what happened because I have so many questions. Like I said, <laughs> I, thought you didn't, I, I thought you didn't have time for this. Yeah. Right. And so what I'm saying is adults learn on a need to know basis. And when they feel like they need to know, they're definitely interested. And we just need to give room for that. Give them, give them a framework, give them commitments that they can, they can start with. Don't make it nebulous and then trust God to continue to grow us in these organic and more micro organized things. It just happens. It works that way.
0: Yeah, I agree. Gino, I could keep talking to you for hours, but I, do this instead we'll wrap up this point now i'm going to get into the big three uh, that'll be hard for me to distill <laughs> some of this goodness down into three takeaways but how about you and i come back uh, together and talk about a few other things that are on our hearts uh in the weeks ahead okay
1: i would love to do that with you brother. all right brother yeah, i can't great.
0: wait thanks man i love you brother yeah love you too i love that guy man so humble and smart and a lot of fun to do life and mission with. We've had so much fun together over the years, coaching and training people. Thanks again, Gino. Hey, and remember, I'm launching that new coaching experience where I'm going to personally help you establish foundations and a full framework for discipleship and do this as a family and as a church. Give you all the tools to do that. And my goal is to help 20 people with this in the months ahead. So if you'd like help in any of those areas, drop me an email. It's caesar at everydaydisciple.com. That's C-A-E-S-A-R at everydaydisciple.com. And again, the awesome 20 people, that's who we're looking to do this with, that do join me before the end of the month are going to get some amazing bonus experiences to go along with this. Never done this before in exactly this way I'm really excited. So, But now, as always, let me leave you with the big three takeaways from today's topic. If nothing else, you're not going to want to miss these. It's kind of hard to boil this down to just three. What a great talk with Gino. But I have, I think, and you can get a printable PDF of this week's big three as a free download by going to everydaydisciple.com forward slash big three, B-I-G-3. Okay, so here's the big three for this week. Number one. Our ministry rhythms need to be both organized and organic. When we think about our family lives together, we don't count up the number of events per week that we attend and then take attendance. No, we live with them. They're our family. There's a fabric to our life together that cannot be reduced to just a series of events. And the church is a family, and a healthy family has both organized and organic rhythms to it. Keep thinking through that. Number two, Ministry and discipleship cannot be merely a series of events on a calendar. If all we have are organized events, then all we offer people is a program, and no one's looking for a program to sign up for, I promise. But on the other hand, if all we do in our disciple making is organic and rarely organized or predictable, it's hard for people to know what it is you're asking them to commit to or how it'll begin to affect and shape their lives. So help folks understand the true nature of God's family and a life of walking in the ways of Jesus with you by letting them know the commitment to these types of organized things. But we're hoping it's going to lead to these types of organic things. And number three, structuring your missional community like a family that has both organized and organic rhythms takes into account the needs of everyone. A few organized family rhythms will perpetuate and facilitate Numerous organic opportunities to be a family. That's what we all want. We don't want um, just a meeting or a group we see once a month or whatever. It'll help us to create these opportunities to be a family and do a lot of normal life stuff together. It only takes a few organized things and it'll lead to all the rest. Keep asking yourself, what would a healthy family that has God as their dad and Jesus as their brother be doing together? It's pretty cool, huh? And it's pretty simple. I hope you'll join me next week when I introduce you to another family who's making disciples both in their neighborhood and as they lead a more traditional church toward missional living. The things they're learning will be a real encouragement to you on your journey. You're going to love it. I'm pretty certain. Okay. I'll talk to you soon.